Hi, Mamas. Or Mamas to be. I'm Kayla. And I'm Tara. And welcome, welcome to, to Motherhood, Motherhood Leaked. We're two first time mums leaking unfiltered tales of motherhood. Being there, getting there, and possibly getting lost along the way. Let's, Let's chat. chat. May contain swearing. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Motherhood Leaked. Hi, Kayla. Hi, Tara. It's actually really funny because I'm so focused on my breath right now, I'm running out of breath. <laughs> And I think it's because our episode was all based around breath work. Breath work, breathing, and it was actually great to have that moment in the episode, which you will all hear, oh how we got to recognize where our breath was at. Yeah. Where was yours? Oh, I have no idea. Mine is lost. Y- yours is like up, up Mine every- is in my throat. Yeah. <laughs> like just with everything pushing up right now. Well, this will all make sense to you all as we get into the episode. Um, yes. But how is your, how, how are you going? Has Look, obviously week we're week 38. Now, mm. like very, very close. I did mm. find out two days ago, I went to my GP and she had a feel around and she's like, oh, I think we should just pop into the hospital for a little scan just to see where baby's at because um, baby is breech. So I'm oh. glad I went and had that appointment with my GP um, mm. because of the week before the baby wasn't breech. So it just goes to show you how quick things can change in pregnancy. Definitely. Always at the pointy end of pregnancy. It never goes the way we anticipate. Well, not never. I won't say never, but it feels that way. And look, we talk, it's funny, we talk about it a lot, like birth plans and maps and things. And obviously, you know, everyone knows that I wanted to have a vaginal birth. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was upset. I'm not going to lie. I have a fear of surgery and Mm -hmm. C-sections scare me, like especially having a toddler and the, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I just got it really in my head about it. Um, and then I didn't have like, you know, mum here and I was just like, oh, I want my mum. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, it's been a hard week. I'm not going to lie. Which, and I think the thing is that it's understandable to have all those feelings, like, and you're actually allowed to have those feelings yeah. to just be like, I can feel this and move through that. And, you know, I know that you're the type of person that's definitely just going to go with whatever happens and, yeah, and be amazing at it. But I, I think it is so valid to just have cries and just be yeah. with those feelings. And I've been, wor- you know, working, doing, it just goes to show you, like working, doing all the things. I've yeah. already been doing the, the spinning baby stuff before the baby spun. Yeah. <laughs> so it just shows you that they have little binds of their own. And Well, it know. was really beautiful in this episode that Nicola could help you with some oh my of those God. fears. I am like, yeah, so and perfect timing for this episode. The universe has given me a little nugget. Yes. After a little little you know undercut <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right <laughs> he was like here you go sorry we'll lift you back up again we'll knock you down but we'll lift yeah. you up again <laughs> yeah well i'm kind of feeling maybe we should just jump in to this today's episode because it was really amazing it was um and i just feel like yeah i can't summarize it other than saying let's just dive on in yeah let's meet nicola if you're based on the Gold Coast, Bump Southport offers a community for all women. Whether you're returning to or starting your fitness journey, Bump has something for you. Particularly if you're pregnant or postpartum. And Tara, should we mention that you can have a shower after a class and even wash your hair while your kid is in the creche? And Kayla, don't worry about a towel because they supply them, as well as tea and coffee, and you can drink it while it's hot. I know, this sounds all too good to be true, but head on over to Bump Southport and check them out for yourself. Hi everyone and welcome today to Breath Coach Nicola Lai. Hi Nicola, how are you? Yeah, I'm so excited to be on here today. Thank you for having me. We're very excited to have you. I was excited when Tara um, came across your page and sent it to me and she said, oh my gosh, I think we need to have you on. I did. I was very impressed with your page. Yes. (laughs) I wanted to to learn more and I'm like, well, is it a bit cheeky if we invite you on the podcast to do that? (laughs) No, it's fine. (laughs) And it's it's handy for other women too. Um, Because I guess when you talk about breath work, everyone's like, well, we all breathe. Mm. (laughs) But obviously there's so much more to it than that. Yeah, um, and so much we, more. Yeah, would love to hear you know a bit about yourself, a bit of an introduction about what it is you do. 
Oh, yeah. Well, you know, like I don't want to take two hours. <laughs> There's so many um, levels of the work that I do. Um, I guess I've been doing this work for nearly 24 years now. So that shows my age. I'm almost 50. <laughs> um, I've got two children of my own. And I guess, you know, I started off as a holistic therapist back in the UK. And I used to work with people that had lots of dysfunction with their bodies. And common theme was they just weren't breathing very well. And that was kind of really evident for me. And then I went and got a, I got offered to work within palliative care for some years, as well as running in my own clinic. So I did that as well. And the focus there was as a therapist and not a, a, you know, a nurse or a, you know, an oncologist, I was there to really bring ease to people. And the biggest thing that I noticed and really sat with was the breath again. So it just kept following me wherever I was going with my work. The breath just kept being really evident and people would say, hey, I'm just so breathless all the time. And then you'd realize just, you know, it's the statistics now say about 90% of people don't breathe correctly. What? Which Whoa. is really scary. It's meant and to be on like normal function. Yeah. yeah. Here we are. I mean, look, I'm not breathing probably at the moment because I've got a baby up in my head. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's, wow. um, you know, it was really intriguing for me when I used to see the stats, um, especially working with clinical you know, hospitals and then I'd work with my own clinic. I started really seeing the issues. Um, and then my beautiful best friend in the UK just decided she was going to have this baby while I was in the living room with her one night when we were eating pizza and watching oh, crappy oh. TV. And I'm, she's like, you cannot leave. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know about all of this. <laughs> Wow. And so I ended up being with her right through her birth and she'd done zero prep for this baby. And I said, have you done any antenatal, any classes? No. And I'm you just have to stay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I got thrown into this birth and it was really incredible. And again, I remember the midwife trying to talk her through some breathing. And I kind of at the time were like, you know, you can't sort of correct the midwife, but I kept thinking that breath is going to be really tricky. Like she's, struggling already she's in you know a, a hell of a lot of discomfort and it was a traditional on your back lay with your legs in stirrups and I just kept saying what what if she sat up what if we moved a bit and you know midwife was oh all right let's play with this and up she went on to all fours and I just watched this change of dynamics her breathing changed and then she had this really amazing birth and that was it then. I was kind of like, wow, I'm in like the end stage of life. And now I want to do the beginning of life. So I started wow. to attract lots of pregnant clients in, still doing palliative care. And along the way, you know, as life goes in cycles, things were happening to me in, in my world. And I kept just realizing, gosh, you know, we're so precious. We're here for just a blip of time. Mm -hmm. And everybody's so unhappy. And the UK at the time, we were going through quite a lot of financial dips and like we all suffered through different countries but it was quite a big recession in the uk and everybody was just really stressed so yeah piloted quite a few schemes where i do massage work but i always was renowned for ribs neck diaphragm and yeah. then they'd always sit up and go oh i can actually take a breath now <laughs> i'm like oh, wow because yeah, you're not really breathing very well in the first place so mm. um so i used to get you're really stuck on trying to get someone's breath to come back into their body. So I did clinical breath work for quite some time, worked with some respiratory physios, um, lots of different clinical staff and realized it was a huge modality that was so untapped really, wow. to be honest. Mm. Um, and that was a really long time ago. And then we moved over here. I also became a Pilates, clinical Pilates practitioner. 
So then I was like, right, now I can move people's ribs as well as (laughs) massage them. And it was still a big thing. Like you'd watch people exercising, breathing up into their collarbones. And you're like, no wonder you're puffed out. There is no lung, no lungs working here. So yeah, it was really interesting. And then I got pregnant and by that time I was teaching lots of women how to, you know, move in their births, move in pregnancy, decided to do hypnobirthing. And I was just, I probably was the most challenging person in in the class because she was (laughs) teaching this breath work and I'm like, so <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to be able pull to pull out breathe. my notes. Yeah. <laughs> but she was trying to do this breath where you're in for eight, out for 10. It was a really long breath. And I just said, that's not going to work for hardly anybody in this room. Like we Mm-mm. can't do this. And how am I meant to remember this? Like Mm-mm. this isn't going to be easy. So yeah. I was probably quite, and she didn't really understand the breathing either. So then I realized in that moment, gosh, this is really untapped again, you know? It's all good having affirmations and doing meditation. I was also a really busy person. So for me, still to this day, meditation, I find really um, challenging because, you know, I can't empty my mind and go to that place. But I can if I do breathing, but I can't Mm -hmm. if I'm just sitting there with a candle and trying to do all Zen. (laughs) And most moms can't. And that's the that's the deal, really. So that's why breathwork also is brilliant. Um, But then I went and had this hypnobirthing experience and then I was on this seek to find a breath. So I'd go and sit with yoga classes and trying to take different breaths from different people. And I had my baby, had a quite traumatic first birth and I did 28 hours of laboring and induction and I didn't, you know, the breath was the only thing that just got me through it. And the midwives kept saying, you're doing really great. You're managing well. And I'm like, it's the breathing. Mm. Doesn't mean it's feeling great, but um, the breathing's keeping me moving and I kept moving my body and breathing and, um, and honestly, it was, it, it could have been really horrific, but it was, it was doable. Mm-hmm. And I think I was pretty disappointed because it was an emergency C-section. It wasn't how I wanted it to be. But I remember just even thinking while I was having my C-section, I can bring in a lot of calm to this baby. It doesn't need to feel so scary. Mm-hmm. And it really worked. She was the calmest baby. She really didn't do that really long extended cry when she was born. It was just one cry and then, oh, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm actually writing a book about it. It's going to take a couple of years to birth it. But it's about that first breath that our babies take. And it's about the fact that they're so conscious in that room. Mm -hmm. And often when you're in emergency situations or it's a really hard birth, and I've been to so many now, I've, I've seen it. The mom's really tapped out. Dad's kind of like, whoa, this is just big. And this baby's kind of held by everybody else and not mom. And it's that moment that I sort of think that we can change. So I change a lot of women's lives by educating them on how to bring that baby to them and breathe earthside with your baby is so crucial for your baby Mm. and for the initial bonding so yeah all in all (laughs) you know all of this time nearly 24 years of being you know in therapy work with women and and couples through all cycles of life most people are not breathing properly most people are really unconscious about their own breath most people are scared when they use their breath on purpose because it Mm -hmm. makes them feel anxious 
Yeah. Um, and if I tell people what I do, people sort of walk away from me thinking it's a nutter. And also when you're regulated as a mum, you have fairly regulated kids. Definitely. And what I noticed when I used to teach a lot of past postpartum Pilates, and I don't teach Pilates anymore, but they'd come with their newborn, you know, we know what it's like when you've got a new baby and you're trying to put them in the car seat and they're losing mm-hmm. it and you're really anxious and you can't find the parking space and babies antsing up and you become really quickly quite dysregulated. And if you've got another toddler in tow as well, it's like another thing. And then you get to the place and you're like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I just yeah, go home. It's not you know, every mom knows that feeling. So, you know, I used to have the women come into the class and I say, let's just sit and breathe with the babies, you know, get them right on your chest, you know, open your top, let them feel your skin. And sure enough, within a few moments that everybody's calm hmm. and it's just breathing. It's just simple breathing, no technique, just breathing, breathing on purpose, connecting to the moment. It's so easy, but most of us don't even realize how beneficial that can be. So in a massive roundabout (laughs) way, that's what breathwork, that's the way that I work is just really simplifying what we've already got within us and how we can use it to bring, you know, a better feeling to life. Where do you think it goes wrong along the way? Like when you say 90%, you know, people aren't breathing properly. Is that from a young age or is there a point we get to like, is there much research about it as to like when that starts to drop off or? Yeah, that's look, there's a lot of things happening. First of all, we've got these beautiful devices that have become like me and my husband were talking, we've arrived in Australia 14 years ago this year and when we first came to Australia, we used our phone just for our phone. Facebook yeah. was just a new thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I would just use it to answer the phone or make a call, but I wouldn't be st- stuck on it. Um, everybody's stuck on it. Like the other day I was watching, you know, people in, I'm a real um, people watcher, watching people mm-hmm. just Me walking <laughs> and everybody's like this, looking in their phones, walking along. And then you see people having lunch together and they're all on their phones. Mm. So phones are a huge part of that flexion in the in the spine the 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 changing of the diaphragm is happening um most people are stuck into fight flight modes because you're stuck on these devices that's one thing that changes the breath but then it goes deeper than that you know you may be born into a family that have issues dysregulation trauma i mean most children have a, a small complex trauma of some type. I kind of see everybody arrives into the world with an empty backpack and your trauma of your birth can be the very first thing that goes in. And it doesn't need to be big trauma. It can be just bright lights, people with masks on, you know, all those things. So babies go into their first trauma there. And then, you know, they then maybe observe a lot of trauma and then they start to learn to hold their breaths. And lots of children do this, hold their breath because they're, you know, if I don't make too much noise, it will be okay. Or falling over accidents can stop the breath from being, you know, very natural, but it's, it's a learnt behavior often, or it's come from something that's happened. Um, and then, you know, our lives are so much busier than they were 50 years ago. You know, women are particularly women are juggling a lot more. We wanted freedom. We wanted to say we have careers 
And I'm all for that. But now we didn't actually, we don't now have, know how to have support. We don't mm. ask for support easily. We're trying to do it all. We want our jobs. We want businesses. We want our kids to be happy. We want to be these amazing mothers, amazing wives, amazing friends. That is just so much. So then women then have now got devices that they're looking at another woman who's on Instagram living the best life, but then they go into comparison and they hold their breath. It's called hunter gathering on, on your phone. When you're looking, you naturally stop your breath wow. and then you wait for a trigger and off you go again. So it's, <sighs> it's another conditioning that we're in. Um, and then just motherhood's really hard. Like it is a hard job. It's a beautiful job, but not everybody really loves it. Um, and I think it's hard. I think hard life's got harder in different ways. I think the, you know, just this, you know, we're all trying to do this work on ourselves to feel better and do better. But, you know, along the way, we, we do get caught into a lot of stuff and it, it changes and impairs the way that we breathe. Stress is one of the biggest problems in women's bodies, causes yeah. all these problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I know from my own personal experience, which I talk about here a lot, <laughs> is that a lot of time it's because you're in your mind and not in your body, like because yeah. of all those stress factors, we're actually not yeah in our bodies we're constantly in the ticking of our thoughts and mm. yeah it's when you take that moment to come back into your body you often realize you're like oh my god I've been holding my breath for so long yeah like I started to I was like, oh I'm actually not breathing like I'm surprised I'm passed <laughs> out like <laughs> so what yeah. would you recommend for um either pregnant mums or mums in general that you work with mm. where would someone start like what would you recommend if, for someone looking to start to become more Look, aware of their breath if you're pregnant your breath is already changed because you've got a lot going on. Hormones are changing the way that we breathe. Um, and Tara, you'll be feeling this right now. If baby hasn't dropped down, your diaphragms change complete positions. And diaphragm is the biggest mover of the muscle that gets us to breathe. Mm -hmm. So your diaphragms change, lungs are really compressed. So most of your lung capacity is in your back, in the back of your lungs. So 70% of your lung capacity changes to the back. So you can't really breathe through the front. So you've got to try and learn to breathe into your back. So just, feeling your breath and trying to find somewhere to get feedback and then just feeling the expansion of your lungs against like the back of a chair don't worry your breath does change but it can make you super breathless and then when you're yeah. breathless your body feels anxious and that's really normal as well so if you're pregnant just try and take many moments just sitting and just feeling like can i take a breath into my back can i feel it expanding into my back does that make it feel better and it doesn't need to be long experiences to find your breath. It can literally be a breath in and a breath all the way out and three or four times while you're waiting for the kettle to boil. You know, for me, it's about habit stacking, bringing your breath exercises into wherever you go. And at the moment, there's this new trend of breath work, which I don't advocate for everybody. Um, I teach deeper breath experiences where we go into altered consciousness, where you go into these deep experiences. Um, but at the moment, there's a lot of people teaching it and it looks like it's huge trauma release. That's not breath work. That's trauma release. They're using breath work to bring that in. And I know it's kind of a bit controversial me bringing that up, but I really want to say it because happening a lot in Australia at the moment, very unregulated. So if you've never done breath work before, make sure you know who you're going to do breath work with. If they're qualified, how long they've been doing it, you know, have they worked with pregnant women before? Breath is contraindicated for these big breath experiences unless that person knows how to work with a woman who's pregnant. 
I luckily am mentored by an 87 year old who has been doing, she's one of the founders of Breathwork in the world. Wow. Um, her yeah. first, her job is teaching women how to let go of fear mm. so that they can birth babies. So very lucky to have been, been mentored by her regularly. Um, and, you know, I think breathwork in pregnancy is really important. It's like the most important thing, but breathwork postpartum is a game changer. Like if you can use your breath to calm and soothe your nerves, your children feel that they're watching and observing you regulating yourself with your breath. And every mom has moments where they're just unleashing anger, frustration, kid won't get in the car, you know, use your breathing, just stop. Don't just use your breath instead of reacting, catch it. It does take time, but like, do you want me to go through a little uh, experience, just like a few breath experiences yeah, now? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so if you're listening, don't, don't be driving probably is the best idea. Cause yeah. you know, <laughs> do it once you've pulled over, but I sort of want you to sit taller for a second. Me as tall as you right can, like just feel your sit bones underneath you. So just before you start correcting the breath, just close your eyes down and take your hand to your chest and the hand to your diaphragm. Your diaphragm is just underneath your lowest ribs. It's not your belly, so to speak. If I I'm want you to take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, yeah, it's going to be hard yeah. to find yours. Um, just close your eyes and just take a really nice big breath all the way in and a really big sigh all the way out. Big breath all the way in. And a big sigh all the way out. And another breath all the way in. And another sigh all the way out. Now just do one more and just feel does it your breath more in your chest than into your diaphragm and do your shoulders slightly move up and down as you breathe and just feel it so if you're breathing and your shoulders are coming up and down and you feel more in your chest than you do in your diaphragm you're dysfunctionally breathing don't worry we can literally correct it or give you the start to correct it now so take your hands to the sides of your ribs and for you tara sit more into your back so if you're pregnant just feel like if my most of my lung capacity is my back how am i going to change that so just feel you might want to look at the sides of your ribs a bit more and into your back for those that are not pregnant you can either cross your arms so that you're not all into your or you can just use your hands to the sides of your ribs wherever feels now close your eyes now and see if you can feel your ribs moving out to the side slightly. So take a big breath into your hands. Let the feedback in your hands and then exhale all the way out. Breathing deep into your hands. Exhale all the way out. Breathing in. Exhale out. Wow, I can already see you two breathing better. Breathing in. <laughs> it feels amazing. Yeah, it's like, I'll stop the podcast in. so I can have a rest. <laughs> breathing in. And a big sigh out. Just for a moment, just as you're here, just keep your eyes closed and just feel what does that feel in your body? And you can even do one more breath just to check in. Like, how does my body feel as I'm doing that breath? That's it. 
hopefully you're feeling a little bit calmer. It might make you feel a little bit anxious because all of a sudden your body's going, hang on a second, this is new. Why are we breathing <laughs> like this? I thought we were breathing up here. We're used to breathing into our collarbones. Why would we yeah. breathe down there? But what we're doing is we're taking the breath that's gone from just in the top of the lobes of the lungs right down into the base of the diaphragm. And the great thing about for women is that when we breathe to our diaphragms, our, our pelvic floor gets better. Mm. So we're actually engaging pelvic floor because diaphragm and pelvic floor work in unison. So if you're dysfunctionally breathing nine times out of 10, you're also going to have an issue with your pelvic floor. So just really think like if I can improve my breathing, I've got less chance of having like problems with feeling my pelvic floor or understanding what happens when I breathe in and out. It's, it's pretty cool. And I would be doing this in front of the mirror, three breaths in the morning. If you can get in front of a mirror and really feel your breath or stand and close your eyes and really feel into it, yeah. just doing three breaths before you start your day and bringing an intention into what the day feels like for you, checking in by listening to your body, because you know, our minds take us on a little merry dance when we wake up in the morning, <laughs> like, especially if the kids are already up before you're ready, you're like, bloody hell, I don't want to get out yet. Like, can't they sleep longer? Or you've had a crap night's sleep and then you feel so exhausted. And you know, when your mind says, God, I'm so tired. I don't know how today's going to be. Your day then unfolds with, oh, we're tired. So we're just going to feel tired all day because you've told us that we're tired. Hmm. But sometimes our mind, you know, isn't actually tired. It's our body. But sometimes hmm. our body doesn't actually feel that bad, but then our mind makes it feel worse. <laughs> Does that make sense? Because yeah, they're separate. So when you use the breath, just connecting with what can I give myself today? Not what do I have to do? And like what really matters today? And if your body is completely exhausted, especially postpartum, listen to that. And that could be right. Kids, we're having a day in our pajamas today <laughs> and we're just going to play in our PJs, you know, and just give yourself that down day. Because I think often women are trying to catch up with everybody, doing everything perfect. And that perfectionism also catches into the breath as well. So there's so many parts, like how we breathe is how we live mm. and how we live is how we breathe. So if you're rushing, running all the time, guess what? That breath is just the same. So yeah, it's very all that lovely woven tapestry of how we're living. And if your kids are continually dysregulated, it's coming from you. Mm. And I hate to say that to lots of women, but it's true. It is. And Actually, sorry to interject, but I do like no. that you say that because it's like that hard truth. But mm. it's so true. Like we are the ones, like we're, we are essentially the central nervous system for the for the family. Like we, it, that's just how it works. And, the glue. Yeah, and the glue. And like you were saying, we're rushing, darting, trying to be the best really. We're, everybody is trying. And I think, you know, the mum who's trying really hard, the, that comment might have hit even harder to think, oh, my, mm. I, am the, I am the problem. It's not mm. about you being the problem. It just comes back to you going, oh, that's right, I need to look after me first. Mm. You do. And that's mm. the order it should be. You're first, then your partner, then your kids. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it has to be like that because if you're happy in yourself, happy with your partner, the kids don't really need too much because they're happy. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. the truth. Yeah. And I always, I always get mums when they're at that end of the life, like that end of the tether, there's nothing left in the tank mm -hmm. and they're so depleted and they're, they're angry with their partners. They feel angry with people because they're not helping. They're fed up with being a mum. And I get this, this is a weekly 
experience, mm. like even sometimes daily when I have these calls, coaching calls with women and I say to them, what do you do for yourself? Oh, I don't know. There's no time. And I'm mm. like, well, there's the problem. And it mm. doesn't need to be fancy. This is the deal, right? It doesn't need to be fancy. It might be, I'm going to go and ask for help. I'm going to get someone to come and help me. Or if I can afford it, I'm going to pay for someone to help me. And I'm going to take an hour to go walk down the beach. I'm going to take a moment to go and read my book in, in my bed. I'm going to, I'm going to have a PJ day. Like it mm. doesn't need to be fancy. And I think sometimes it can even be, you know, you hear beautiful people saying, you know, 20 minutes of meditation. I say BS to that because that's not normal. We can't do that when we're moms. So even for me now, you know, for my kids, they've learned that when I'm in the mornings, I come down with my cup of tea, I sit, I just take some moments, do some journaling if I've got time, but if it's busy and life's busy, they'll just follow me down and they'll do their own little breath practice. And they've been doing that with me since they were really tiny. Yeah. And, and usually if they just watch and they go, oh, mom's not rising to me, like trying to disrupt this. Oh, okay. So they just know now. And that can be five minutes to mm. sit, breathe, just bring the intention of the day. Okay. It's not going, I'm not going to be able to continue. So I'm going to try and do this later. It can be just, when they're having their afternoon nap, just take that moment. Don't go frantically trying to clean the house if you're exhausted. Listen to your body. Mm. Um, and I think it's so easy when you're in that really dark, deep place of motherhood yes. to be like, that all sounds great, but there's all the stories over the top of like, but who is going to do the dishes and who yes. is going to mm. look after the kids and where am I going to get that? And I think it's just really important to just be aware of the fact that it is going to be a little bit of discomfort to take that step to go right I'm not going to do the dishes right now and I am going to yes. let my kid just sit there while I try five minutes of journaling or whatever it looks like for you I think it's just yeah. important to get out of you're in so much suffering anyway so you may mm. as well find some discomfort in just going okay well what if or I wonder what it looks like if I just try yeah. this because I think it is hard when you're in that place to really. Oh, yeah, I'm a classic for that too. I'm especially when I'm looking at you now. I'm resting lots, you know, 38 yeah. weeks. I'm like, oh, I have a toddler. I'm not resting. And then when my toddler's sleeping, like you yes. said, I'm doing the cleaning and I'm doing this yeah. and that. And then I'm just like, oh wow, like I probably do need to rest because I have a baby coming. <laughs> you need to get ready. Yeah, you need to. Start, but I am like, like it's, it's story in my head that's just like, no, no, we've got to do this because I don't. Tick, yeah. Tick. Who's but then who's who's going to tell you off if it doesn't get done? yeah and you're the only person it's and also perfection yeah and also what is the worst case scenario that's what i always used to get yeah. to in my head is like what is the worst case okay yep the dishes aren't done for how yeah. many hours and does it mean that then there is a conversation that has to happen between you and your partner or yes. you have to call in that help and i think there's a part of that perfectionism that leads back to like that over controlling out of anxiety of like oh well mm. i have to forward think so far because then you're already yes. thinking of the possibility of mm. like well, if I don't do it, then it's going to look like this and then it's going to look like that and that and that. And you just yes. go down that road instead of just going. I literally wrote a list on Thursday because Bo, it's his daycare day. And I'm like, okay, I need to write a list. And the list was so long. I don't know, some of the ridiculous <laughs> stuff that I put on it too, like just so I would remember with the baby brain. Um, and then I ended up seeing my GP and she's like, oh, you need to go to hospital because I think your baby's breech. And I was like, okay. So the list obviously went out. Well, I haven't seen the list in three days. I don't even remember what I was meant to do. <laughs> but I finally let go. In the 38th week, I finally let go. And I'm like, oh, there are bigger fish to fry here. I need to just relax a little bit. I think the thing is for everybody is just slow down a little. Just slow mm. down a minute. Like, you know, for me, I think when you decide to have a family, it's not, I think for women, I love that we all want it. We want it all. We want to have the business. We want to have all the things. And why shouldn't we? But we've also got to remember that we decided to have children with 
another person. So we have to get them on board as well. And they have to understand the jobs that have to get done. Mm-hmm. And, and my husband and I've had many moments where I've said, I'm going to, I'm going to toggle my hours for how many hours I'm doing in the house this week. <laughs> and, and now we've got, we call it the business board and it's a family business and every job that needs to get done, that can be shared, goes up on that board and we share it out together. And it's been a game changer. And I teach that when I count, I coach women mm. is, you know, you're a business, it's a family business. It's not <laughs> just going off to work and doing our separate things. And then he comes home. We're not in the 1950s. That's no, a really good way to like, look at it. Hi, honey, no. I'm home. Well, there's yeah. no dinner because I've had a shit day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's okay. It's okay mm-hmm. not to have it all together. And I think the more that we start saying, actually, you know what? Today I went to the beach, did some breathing, didn't do the dishes. I feel really triggered myself because it's the conditioning mm-hmm. of what we've been led to believe that's what you're meant to do. Mm. But, you know, it's okay because I've been with the kids and they're really happy and mm. my house is just living you know we're living we're living we're not yeah we're not perfect we're not in the perfect tier yeah yeah and i like to, i like the term um like family business that's, yeah that's good i like really that good. i also got taught recently the concept of the family being like an ecosystem yes. you know and just how important it is for you know in, in in an ecosystem every part is needed to thrive and they all have needs and it's yeah. looking at it like that of like mm-hmm. you are important as a mother your husband or partner is important and then your children as well. It's like this ecosystem and what does each part of that need to function properly mm-hmm. at any point in time. And I think what helped me was it helped me drop some of that resentment mm-hmm. to my partner to be like, okay, yeah, I'm really exhausted and I have all these things, but also you're a part of this ecosystem and I value you and I want to be in this with you. So let's mm-hmm. have these conversations to see what do we both need in this to make it work for both of Definitely. us. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's I think like where you are now, Tara, is interesting, 38 weeks pregnant, because most people going into their second or third babies just don't take that time and mm-hmm. that transition. And there's a bit of grief that comes up with going into your second or third baby yeah. where you are letting go again, um, letting go to be the mom again. But now it's, is it going to be enough love for two? Yeah, like feeling some of those fears coming back up again that yeah. were there when you birthed, this, you know, the first time. And often, if we've had a trauma to first birth, we our fears are bigger and greater. And I didn't how, realize, how, like you're saying with the grief, yeah. is that how big that would be? Like I've mm. talked about it a lot, yeah. actually. Mm. That saying goodbye to Bo as my mm. only child, like I didn't realize how sad I would get about that, and like. Mm every day I'm like well is this going to be our last day together and mm-hmm. you're trying to make the most of that too that's another I guess pressure that I'm kind of putting on myself is that I want this to be a good day because it could be our last day together not forever but as our little unit yeah um, and it is it's like oh gets me gets me every day and that's kind of what I teach the work that I do is about connection with you and your partner so that you are ready for the next birth so that yeah. you are looking at you know, often our partners think, oh, she's done it before. She's going to be really good at this dab hand second time round. And often you get to second time round and it's the biggest experience because you, you now got two children and the responsibility feels even larger Mm. and it can feel quite big. But then if you've had these amazing hard conversations and you've done the work together, and you know about your fears and what's coming up for you and that you've had those spoken out loud and you've come to some ideas of what parenting, the mapping of what parenting looks like again, 
it's another form of of getting ready that it's the rite of passage mm. um is arriving into each pregnancy is another rite of passage and every time we go into a birth that fear kicks up it says hello and what i notice is that women go oh no pack that one down i'm not going to deal mm. with it and unfortunately that's when when we're postpartum that's when anxiety really brings in a notch or two you know and the depression because we've got unspoken words i didn't get to say that i didn't like i feel really lonely because mm. i feel like i'm i don't even know how to explain myself because i don't know if anyone's really listening so that's the kind of work that I do with the breathing and the, the nurturing is just, you know, coming back to what do you need to say? What do you need for yourself so that you can move into this next part of who you're going to be? Because every time's a, a new development, a rebirthing of who you are into this next part. But there's also a death. There's also a release as well each time. And if you don't, you know, our births of our children are the time when we get to heal our own birth experience of who we were when we arrived in the world. Mm. That's the initial birth trauma. It gets to heal in our first menstruation. And then if we don't have that support, then we then bring that into the births of our babies. And if we still feel unspoken words, not met, not acknowledged, not held, it comes again in perimenopause to menopause which is where i'm in at the moment so you know there's all these patterns and i'm writing a book actually about it at the moment is the patterns of you know recognizing what that fear is that keeps coming up and that's also birthing a business or you know mm. when our children go to school for the first day that same feeling like oh my gosh and all those triggers that you've lived your life with already come up to say hello mm. and it's um you know, we're having to do quite hard work in this generation now to clear woundings, to clear generational trauma, because our parents did the best they could, but we only learn how to parent from the way that we were parented. And sometimes that didn't work. So, mm. you know, that's where a lot of trauma comes is because you, you know, you may be married to somebody or with somebody that had a completely different experience, has got no understanding of trauma that you may have walked through. Mm. And even sometimes, um yourself in the fact of even if you know that your childhood may have been traumatizing to some mm. degree it's almost like I and again going back to myself like I was like oh I've done all the work like I'm not all the work but I've done enough <laughs> and then I look back to like literally in that first two weeks and now I can reflect and go oh like it wasn't just like hormones like it was actually trauma coming up yes. but I had no idea so then what happened mm. was it was all projected into like the present moment of like my husband mm. just not seeing me and meeting my needs when that wasn't the case at all but it is interesting how and I cannot wait for your book to come out I'm very excited I must say I don't know it might be a while to birth that one because <laughs> that's know, okay I come, I come from a lot of trauma myself with my upbringing oh, okay. yeah and I it, I felt I could taste the fear in both of my births of my children I could taste it yeah. I actually know that my second baby that I, I lost yeah. um I know that my fear cut that birth that cut oh. that 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 gestation to continue like I know mm. it um and I've made a lot of peace with that but it's so interesting I'm because so I think often that. you know but I'm really at peace with it because it's part of me being able to understand it so then I can help women through it mm. and I think Amazing. that often we don't you know as when you're a coach or you're a therapist 
people think that you've got your shit together when I don't believe that anybody has. So for me, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, me too. And they're like, what? Like, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a mess sometimes. <laughs> but I, think, I, have to, I have to do the work. Yeah, you know? And I think though that's what makes the best kind of coaches, therapists, healers, yeah. all that is because it's everyone is always on a healing journey and you don't need someone that's got all the PhDs and doctorates. Mm -hmm. You need someone with life experience who's going through it, who's becoming aware and to have the courage to actually face the wound of like, oh yeah, that I actually played out my fear in my mm -hmm. own reality is like huge, you know, and it is easier to stay in the victim mode to be like, oh, that happened to me and, you know, whatever that story looks like. But I think it's very courageous and says a lot for the power that you have and that what you're doing with women, how you can transform that pain now into yeah. helping others is beautiful. And I guess mm. speaking of fear, um, yes. asking, asking for a friend. Um, <laughs> as I mentioned to you before the podcast, I said something, I found out a couple of days ago that I've got a breech baby. So the baby mm. was head down and now we've done a big flip and um, week 38, so it's, you know, the pointy end. Um yeah. And I've always had a, like a fear of surgery and I've, you know, spoken about it before. Yeah. Obviously we have this birth plan and I had a water birth with Bo and I was hoping to do the same with bub number two and bub has different plans. Um, yes. I do have an ECV booked for tomorrow mm. and I guess I'm a little scared like of, you know, what they're going to do. And in terms of breathing, I've been doing a lot of hypnobirthing. Um, so great. I have been doing the breathing, the hypnobirthing breathing practices. Is breath work, like would that be different to hypnobirthing in a sense like yeah. I know you were talking about the long breaths before yeah. um, and even going into I guess if tomorrow doesn't work which it may not then it's c-section time yeah. for me which I have a lot of fear around um I guess breathing is there something I could take into the room with me yeah, to totally. kind of mm. yeah, yeah. or is there a way I could breathe my baby back down <laughs> Well, you know, your baby's obviously decided, oh, this is a much more comfortable space. <laughs> Look at the room I have now. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think the best thing is to do is connect to the wisdom of your baby. Mm -hmm. You have to talk to this baby. You have to say, you know, like you have to really close your eyes and feel for the next 24 hours. Does this baby actually want to turn back the other way? Mm. And I'm, I'm really asking you to go into your hypnobirthing meditations mm -hmm. and connect to your baby because your baby's got its own wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I think we forget that our babies are way wiser than us when they're in utero. They feel every sense and feeling. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a wisdom that your baby already knows and that's why it's turned this way. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's, you know, just something that your baby is already ready for. And our babies choose how they arrive often. Mm -hmm. And I think for you, just talk to your baby, talk to your baby over the overnight, you know, really, really sit with it. Mm -hmm. And when you go for that appointment, I think definitely take an eye mask with you because you yeah. don't need to be seeing what's happening. Okay. You need to use your breath and get some headphones. So put your yep. meditation on while you're in the session and surrender this is your first this is actually probably the biggest key for you is that because you've been so busy up to now that the surrender isn't even on your mind yeah so this absolutely. is you saying universe has gone right tara we've got news for you <laughs> yeah. you gotta slow down yeah <laughs> so slow right down and really listen to this baby now because your baby will give you all the wisdom if you really listen mm-hmm and sometimes, you know, we've been, there's not that often, you know, these come up where they're last minute turners. Yeah. So this, um, 
you know, situation that you're going into tomorrow, just go into it with full surrender that if it doesn't work, that's okay. Yeah. That you already know that you'll, you'll manage, you'll get through it. And there is a difference between hypnobirthing breath and the breath that I teach. Yeah. I teach a few, but the main breath that I teach is the first breath of life, which is the it's all through the mouth. Wow. It's an expression of life. Mm-hmm. Everybody that that is born, the first breath is never through the nose. It's a and then they start to cry. Some babies don't. And when we leave the world, our last breath is always through our mouth. Always. Wow. So it's an expression of emotion. We don't cry or laugh through our nose. It's all through our mouth. Mm-hmm. So even tomorrow when you're in that disconnect to that lovely, just use it just to slow everything down mm-hmm. and then go back to nasal breathing, but just connect to that innate wisdom. That's your birthing instinct. You know, the instinct mm-hmm. that you have in your body is from that yep. first breath that you took. So I hope that gives you some. Thank you. I appreciate that. That was. Yeah. And I think we also, you know, just long and slow. So you're breathing through the nose, but Mm -hmm. everything with the exhale has to be through the mouth. You know, this is linked to your cervix, your mouth, your lips are all cervix. The jawline is your pelvis. So the nose has got nothing. There's no involvement with the nose with your. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's my nose, you know. I think just think to yourself for me to open my cervix for me to release and let go I have to let everything out of my mouth yeah so I would be doing a breath in through the nose for about a can of four yeah and then purse your lips together long and slow just keep doing that the whole way through yeah and that's yeah. going to give your sympathetic nervous system a real quieten down so that the parasympathetic can kick in. It will also give your baby, oh, mum's really calm, nothing to worry about. Yeah. You know, you're, you know if you're, you're already feeling a little bit of fear, a baby's already feeling that. So if you're calm as a cucumber, the baby's going to go, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> nothing to worry about here. So yeah, just that long and slow all the way out through purse lips and that will just really soften. And I think, you know, for me, that breath is brilliant when you're in a lot of stress, having a bit of a panic, you know, almost on the verge of a panic attack, mm. just use that breath to slow everything down. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Well, thank you so much. That's love. Like it's mm. nice to have that to go in. Like I have a little toolbox of things to go you in do. with mm. because yeah. Um, yeah, it is, you know, a bit scary. So it's nice to have a few things to to be able to use. So I appreciate that. Um, And look, we did have, we had so many questions to ask you. And we've obviously like, we've just gone off on on (laughs) tangents. This has been perfect though. I love it. Um, I did did want to say though, when you were mentioning about the um, first breath of life and the last mm -hmm. breath, isn't it interesting how it's like the body comes to earth side and the spirit goes in through the mouth and the body looks like the dies and the spirit leaves through yeah i just was like that is so beautiful it is lovely isn't it it is and when i do the deep breath work everything's that breath Mm. and that's expression expression Mm. of letting go of fear Mm -hmm. it's it's the breath of source yeah 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 I guess before we get into the motherhood question, yes. what does a, like a session look like with you um, for anyone who's listening, I guess? I mean, obviously there is a the variation of them. 
Um, but did you just want to run us through? Yeah, run yeah, sure. Run us so through. if you're if you're pregnant, you would um, either do coaching with me, and we would run through some breath practice. But I teach a pregnancy birth workshop for you and your partner. So essentially, I teach your partner to become me in the birth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I also do birth um, support calls through the phone um, yep. because I can observe more through my listening to the breath yeah. on the phone than I can be in the room. Um, so that's pregnancy and also run pregnancy circles and retreats and things as well. And then postpartum or through any part of a woman's life, even if you're thinking about falling pregnant and you're listening to this as well, this is really relative, actually probably the most important time mm. uh, is calling that baby in, making sure you're, you're feeling like you've let go of everything that you need to let go of before you conceive. Um, you can come to, you know, joint events where I do like we do women's circle breath work where we all like really share and like like we are today just really real no oh look you know here, here's this beautiful circle and we're all friends like no, we're <laughs> no right okay, into the dirt yeah. we yeah. <laughs> dig up the soil I love all of that <laughs> <laughs> and then a lot of people come and do one-on-ones with me just so they really want to just harness what they're at um, that would look like coming to me in clinic or even on Zoom and you, you know, get taken through a passage of letting go, like mm -hmm. learning to just surrender that control mm -hmm. because most women Beautiful. are control freaks. So, <laughs> you know, that's the, that's the problem with juggling a lot of plates, you know? So I think, yeah, when you come to me, we go through a two hour experience together and you feel really safe the whole way through just to allow yourself just to peel back some of the layers of yourself or lift some of those things out the backpack that you've put in from <laughs> birth. Mm -hmm. And it's not one, one session doesn't fix it all it does make you realize how much work you've got to do. Mm -hmm. um, but it does make you feel in complete gratitude for the life that you've had and makes you really realize how life is so precious when you do the work like this. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Sounds That's amazing. Beautiful. I might sign myself up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I'm always. I want to come to one of those women's circles. Yeah, me too. I'm always, <laughs> always looking. Um, so should we jump into our last final questions, which yes, we do absolutely. for all of our guests who are mothers? Can you, you tell us? I know them by now. Hey? I was like looking at I'm like, like I I scrolling for now. a sheet. I'm like, really? <laughs> um, can you tell us um, what your favorite part of motherhood is? Oh my gosh, I still love it now when I climb into bed at nighttime with my kids <laughs> and I squish up next to them. And we do little strokes on the arms and we talk about what the best parts of the day has been. I love that. And I love that. And we, I take in terms of both the girls, my, both my daughters. And if I'm not there, you know, that snuggle on the sofa in the morning before the day really starts, just really dropping into that like lovely, just them, you know, being able to hold them. Yeah. Mm. For me, it's like that cuddles because I wasn't brought up with cuddles. So for me, cuddling my kids is, like, I hope that they'll still want to do that when we're old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. I love that. Oh, I love beautiful. cuddles too. Cuddles Me are the best. Mm. And on the flip side to that, I guess, what is the your least favourite or the hardest thing about motherhood? <laughs> Trying to juggle all the things, you know, the, the, the business being the mother that I really want to be. Um, and, you know, we all are all experiencing the juggle all the time. So I think that's what I've struggled with the most is just taking the time to be really quiet so that I can really see, right, what, what do I need? I find that the hardest part of motherhood is, you know, and I think the other hardest part for me was I was really nervous to be a mum from my own trauma with my own upbringing. 
God, am I going to be a narcissist? You know, am I mm. going to be a really heavy control mother? Am I going to be, you know, and so there was so much worry of that. So for, for me, yeah, I really, beginning of motherhood, I was kind of like, I'm just closing my eyes. I have no idea whether I'm going to be a good mom or not. Mm. <laughs> um, and I realized really quickly that just, you know, your babies just need you to be really present with them. And that's 100%. what a, a mother is. Yeah. And I saw a quote the other day, I think it's come up on Instagram quite a lot, just saying, if you're worried about being a good mum, you're a good mum. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you've got that worry there, do you know what I mean? Like, it, it is, it's so common. It's like, it really is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. It's completely. And finally, um, I feel like I'm going to know the answer to it anyway, but any <laughs> mum hacks you can give us, anything that makes it easier for you as a mum? Oh, yes. You know, so if your child is really dysregulating, let them be dysregulating, let let them go, let them just just sit and tell them that you're here for them. Sit Mm -hmm. down on the floor and wait for them to let go of their anger, let go of all of their emotion, and then just say I'm right here when you want to cuddle. Yeah, I think don't fix it. Don't try and step in. Mm. You know, if they want to lay on the floor at Woolworths, let them lay on the floor at Woolworths. Mm. Let them I literally did that yesterday. So the fact that you just said that is like so psychic. I'm just like, oh my god! Yeah. And I just went up to him and said, it's okay. I'll just I'm right. here. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and I think I yeah, that. just I think teaching them how to regulate is just as we said before is how you regulate yourself. And mm. you know, some children have really huge emotions, much mm-hmm. more than others. Doesn't mean that your kids there's anything wrong with them. Just relax a little bit and. Mm. I guess, you know, there's some really good books on mothering and Shafal Trasabi, I think I say her name right, she's got some great ideas on not to parent through the ego. Often we're so worried about what everyone else is thinking about us all of the time. That then filters into our parenting. We're actually, you know, it sucks that our kid might be having a breakdown, but actually, like, if you don't let them have that, they they get to feel like, oh, it's not safe to be having these big emotions. And that's the stuff that I'm working with 56 year olds is that mm. they've got such suppressed anger because they weren't allowed to have any emotion that that takes years to get rid of that. So exactly. let your kids be it, let, let kids show it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, And it's okay. It will last if you don't do anything about it and you let them have it, they won't have such big outbursts. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's funny, like we were talking about how, you know, 90% of the world isn't breathing properly. And, you know, we're talking about mothers struggling in motherhood. And it is a lot of it is because none of us learned how to regulate through the generational trauma that was passed down just purely, whether it was, it doesn't even have to be categorized as that, you know, significant trauma it just is simply being allowed to sit with your emotions like generationally mm. we've been through this like epic emotional dark age and now yes. we're coming out and we're coming out the other side of it and um we were talking about it last week on the podcast um because we've had a couple of parenting um, experts on and yes. around where parenting conscious parenting and i was saying how it's definitely been on both mine and tara's agenda to be present with our boys when they are having feelings but of course the ego jumps in and you get worried and anxious like and it was after those conversations that it really pushed me back to how much I just need to sit with it and stop trying to make him happy. Cause I had fallen back into like making him happy a little bit more than I would like to have. And even in the last week since then, the shift in him has been huge. Like he's sleeping so much better. He's in the day now. He's not trying to distract himself from his feelings. Like you can just pick it and we get it in and we get it out and it's good. Yeah. You know, the other thing you can do is get your kids to lay down, put a teddy bear on their tummies and say, come on, let's do, let's see if we can get the teddy bear to move up and down. So you just do three breaths in, three breaths out. 
and they might only do it for 30 seconds mm. but you i promise you if you did that every night when they're in their bed they start to go oh i quite like this i'll do it for a bit longer mm, or yeah. the other one that i love is teaching them the bumblebee breathing that can be when you can notice a little bit of there's a big emotion you know how some kids just wake up and they're just gonna have a bad day yeah um, <laughs> you can go hey how about we all become bumblebees and it's a breath in through the nose all the way out and you can make them be is your bumblebee angry yet yeah, well let's make a big angry bumblebee and then you end up all laughing so yeah that can nice. be brilliant to do that my kids i can always tell if they're trying to having a hard day and they're trying to regulate they'll do the bumblebee breath by themselves that's so um, good that's pretty lovely when you can hear that yeah oh, they're great little tips like I for the kids that. yeah that they're really perfect. good what a nice note to end on definitely yeah. <laughs> and also before we say yes. goodbye to you where can everyone find you Yes. We will put um, it in the show web- notes as well. Oh, but- of course. <laughs> um, it's nicolalay.com for my website. And then it's nicola underscore lay on Instagram. Yeah. Love that. Well, Perfect. thank you so much again for joining us. I know I feel really relaxed after this session. I, <laughs> I, do you? I feel like I've had a session with you. <laughs> Perfect timing to us. It always is. No, thank Aww. you. We really appreciate your time um, today and we look thank forward you. to speaking to you again. Yes, definitely. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.